Welcome to 15 Minutes to Wellness by the American Council on Exercise. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, the ACE Senior Fitness Consultant for Behavioral Sciences and your host for this series. My goal today and for every podcast in our series is to discuss some small steps you can take to help you better your life and find happiness through optimal health. In each of these podcasts, I'll be interviewing a leading health and fitness expert, someone who's making a difference and who can make a difference in your life. I also want to welcome the hundreds of thousands of folks searching for positive ways to make fitness and nutrition a part of their daily, hectic, busy, tight, and budgeted lives. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell. I'm the Senior Fitness Consultant for Behavioral Sciences for the American Council on Exercise. And uh, today on 15 Minutes to Wellness, we are really privileged to have one of the country's uh, most well-recognized fitness and wellness experts, Linda Shelton. Linda has been inducted into the National Fitness Hall of Fame uh, back in 2007 She is a certified trainer, speaker, health writer. For the last 40 plus years, she has been inspiring millions of people, including you and I, all around the world to a healthier life. Uh, Linda is the former fitness director for all of the Weider AMI women's fitness publications, including Shape Magazine, Natural Health and Fit, Pregnancy, fitness director for uh, Viv Magazine, Uh, She has done everything. She's been on Good Morning America, E! Entertainment, Inside Edition, Discovery Channel, and she has produced, uh, directed, or choreographed more than 750 fitness DVDs, including four award-winning TV fitness shows, authored eight books, including Shape Magazine's Ultimate Body Book, and co-wrote Slim for Life, with Jillian Michaels. I could go on and on and on. Linda, it's so great to have you here. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I always love having a conversation with you. <laughs> you and I uh, have great synergy, and I know that, um, uh, that uh, we enjoy it. Let's hope that the listening audience enjoys it. I want to start off by asking you about the National Fitness Hall of Fame. This is something that I imagine that most fitness professionals aspire to. How did that happen? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, I was the second group through in 2007. means I found out in 2006 I was nominated. I got a call one day that I had been nominated to the National Fitness Hall of Fame. It was their second year, so the first year inductees were only in 2005. So it's a fairly new um, organization. Um, I was surprised and I was thrilled and overwhelmed, actually. Um, and I got a I got a call and an email, and they said, you know, tell your tell your friends to vote for you. And I thought, you know, that's so not my style to tell people to vote for me, which I did not do. And I I just said, I'll let it kind of go. If people want to vote for me, that's great. And I got an email in uh, December of two thousand and six that I. Um, had actually been one of the seven who were going through in March of 2007. I will say that in 2007, I was 57 years old, which means I'd been teaching already since 1969. And, you know, when people ask me about the Fitness Hall of Fame, I say, you know, 
my entire career was based on the passion uh, driven by my passion and my fervor in the direction that I feel fitness should go. I've recreated myself over and over and over again to stay in this field. I've done so many different things. And honestly, Michael, you know, I just kind of did my thing. And my recognition to be inducted, I think, came from that. So I always tell up and coming or people who aspire to be there, it's really not about aspiring for the award. It's really aspiring for you to contribute and to live your life and what you believe in fitness and health and wellness and how you use your knowledge and your passion and your drive to make this a better place for other people, and it will be recognized. That's how it happened for me. You know, it might be different now. It's only been a few years, but I I really, truly hold that belief. You know, I mentor a lot of people, and uh, I I always say to them, you know, you got to believe in what you're doing, and I've held to my integrity and done what I really, truly believe is not only trendy, but the right way and the right way to deliver fitness and to deliver education. And I think that's why I was acknowledged. Well, you, you certainly um, deserve it. Um, Thank you. You look at the criteria, you have to be 25 or more years of full-time service as a professional in the health and fitness industry. Um, that alone is remarkable. Most young trainers today, you know, work for five, 10 hours in one gym, run, do a boot camp on the weekends, and uh, they're not quite putting in full-time hours. Uh, you also have to have a nationally recognized body of work, a genuine concern for the welfare of others, the personal practice of a fitness lifestyle, and have reached the age of 50. So when John Figarelli, who is the executive director and founder of the National Fitness Hall of Fame, uh, called you, uh, you, you, uh, you know, so far exceed those things except for the age of 50. <laughs> but uh, it, it is remarkable uh, all that you have accomplished. You mentioned the word trendy, Linda. I want to talk about that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you, uh, in, in 2012, you joined Empowered Media as a fitness consultant and program developer for Jillian Michaels' Body Shred. I did. And, and you worked with Jillian and her company to launch a global instructor certificate certification program, uh, as well as work with uh, Jillian to unveil new curves uh, and so forth. You've worked with some of the top celebrity trainers, and you yourself have worked with many celebrities. Yes, I I was a celebrity trainer back in the 80s when it was not the thing to be a personal trainer. I've been personal training since um, the late 70s and training personal trainers how to do prescriptive exercise. Um, I did do the celebrity route. Um, At the time, it was not, um, it was a trendy thing to have a trainer. And now I work more uh, rather than seeing clients, though I do, I do still see some once in a while. I do work with uh, celebrity clients and trainers on programming. That's really kind of my sweet spot um, where I think I really excel is creating content and programming and helping them take their thought process into that, which is what I did with Jillian with Body Shred. She had a great concept. It's one of the things I'm most proud of. It's completely science-based and evidence-based. All the research is behind it with a very strong metabolic conditioning program. And I worked with Jillian to put that program together, um, and it's going really well. We launched in 2012 in September. We're two years in, and the program is now instructor-based where it used to be club-based. So we're getting a lot of notoriety. We've got 19 workshops in the next month. So we do have a, be- a 17, um, seven, let me see, 10 and 7. Yes, we have 17 master trainers of whom I train to teach the program. Jillian's hands-on. 
you know, she had a great concept, but like a lot of celebrities, and she knows her stuff, I will say that, you know, she absolutely knows her her business, and she understands science. It's about putting it into programming, which is where I find celebrities and celebrity trainers, you know, really need the help. So the concept of celebrity trainer for some fitness professionals uh, puts them off. Uh, they think it's about hype, and it's uh, media, and just because they're training, pick a celebrity name, that that means that they have some special knowledge that other other fitness trainers don't. What, what do you think the concept of, I train some famous celebrity and therefore, what does that mean about the trainer? Um, I think they've had great PR and they know how to sell themselves. Um, I will tell you that any celebrity trainer, and I've worked with a ton of them, will tell you that they still train regular people. And Jillian herself, as every other uh, famous trainer that I've worked with, has said to me, and we've talked about it because a lot of the work I did with Shape was to interview all of them every every month. That's what I did is I interviewed trainers. And they will say the same thing. I don't train a celebrity any different than I train a real person if you understand solid training. They need a lot of babysitting maybe. You know, they need, you need to be more available to them than, or to go on the road or to change based on how their schedule changes or to be on set. So there's a little more um, what I would call white glove pampering that is required. But, you know, if you've got a, a client, celebrity or not, who needs that, that's part of what comes with the gig of being a personal trainer. Take the celebrity word off of it. As a personal trainer, I've done it. You know, you're their mom. You know, the, you're, you're their psychologist. You know, they do your job, Michael. They, they uh, you know, you hear things you just don't want to know about. Um, they ask you about, they expect you to know everything. And so... The job of a personal trainer, and then you add the celebrity bent on top of it, comes with a lot of responsibility, in my opinion. You do need to know your stuff. And I think a person who is a celebrity trainer, to go back and address your original question, they may or may not know more. Some may know less than someone who has a degree. And to me, a degree means how applicable are you with the science? Can you apply what we know and what research has shown to how you create programs? Celebrity trainers have... Uh, probably a little more hands-on with their clients and their clients' needs and their clients, for example, make millions in the movies, for example, based on their ability to have a dynamite body or, by the way, to gain weight because they have a role. So when it's role-based like that, it's it's a little different situation. Someone says, I just want to lose 20 pounds to go to my reunion. doesn't mean it's any less important. It just one's more prominent than the other. So what... I guess I'm asking is that the average typical woman, let's say, because I think celebrity trainers, at least the way I think about it, conjure up more uh, of, the, of the women in the, in the movie industry. But there are men who, who are training with celebrity trainers. But, so the There's average, a lot of them, by the way. There's a lot of celeb- men, especially now. So more the so average than ever. guy or gal, let's say, uh, says, hey, I want to look like so-and-so. And we see these screaming headlines from, I have to say, shape and fitness and all the magazines, get your beach body bikini ready immediately and so forth. What do you think that's doing for people in terms of uh, fitness and the fitness industry? Isn't that kind of hype hurting the fitness industry? Um, I'm going to talk to you now as a trainer. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say no. 
And I'm going to tell you why. If you're a really good trainer, if your client doesn't see any change in the first two to three weeks, I'm not saying the ultimate change. I'm saying any changes at all, then it's probably not the right program for them. So a person can have a certain expectation if they do the work. So every trainer knows that unless they get their client to go to the place and the level they want, if they're seeing somebody two days a week and someone wants to drop 50 pounds in a month, that's unrealistic. When we talk about beach body in a month, it's usually someone who's got 20 pounds or less to lose. And I have to say, you know, if they're training correctly and doing metabolic conditioning and cross training and doing those right things and pushing to, you know, temporary fail, you know, fatigue and doing everything correctly, there's a pretty good chance that person's going to see a whole different body or at least close to a different body within a month. If they've got 50 pounds to lose, that's not quite possible. So what what I think has to happen and only because I train trainers a lot, is still part of what I do, is that if a trainer is not uh, constant with their client and giving them the right programming for their body type, for their fitness level, what their goal is, and having them create realistic expectations and create a drive, my belief is the client really has to want it. It can't be that we as trainers carry the whole ball. And we have to be able to instill a certain sense in them that when we leave them, what they put in their mouth does not destroy everything that we just did with them. There's a lot of other factors. Um, I don't think it's out of the question. I mean, I wrote cover lines for 30 years. Um, A cover line is meant to have you open the magazine. I'm only going to talk about, you know, shape and those magazines that I worked on because I know that our programs were science-based. The cover line is meant for you to be motivated to read the article. If the article talks about everything about it and fills you in on all the details, the good news is the person bought it and you've motivated them to pick it up. Now they just have to do it. Right. So So in terms of this, the average average Jane and the average Joe – uh, sees, you know, shape or whatever the magazine, men's health, uh, the best sex of your life, uh, the bikini body, um, you know, lose 20 pounds tomorrow. These are, I, I think that these are, you're right, these are meant to sell the magazine. But you're saying, okay, we got them to buy the magazine, but the material inside, if you really do apply it well, you can be successful. That's what you're saying. I am saying that. Yeah. Now, you've worked with, um, outside of, tr- let's say, traditional exercise fitness, you've also worked in the corporate or employee wellness programs with Hughes Aircraft, Rockwell, Rocketdyne, Blue Shield, uh, the Weeder Health and Fitness. What about that arena? More and more trainers are moving into health coaching, and um, American Council on Exercise has a certification in health coaching. Uh, moving into employee wellness, they're going beyond the gym, a fitness, the fitness to wellness continuum. What are your thoughts about that? Um, I think it's a perfect place that everyone, that anyone who wants to come into this field, that that's the direction they should be going. You know, you and I share, you know, the the wellness philosophy. I mean, that's one of the places where you and I have an, an extensive and positive crossroads. Anyone coming into our field now has to really, I think, think more than just fitness and somebody getting a bikini body. I think they, when you ask questions, and I'll stick with the with the with the personal trainer, celebrity or otherwise, someone comes in and says to you, "I want to lose weight." You need to be asking questions like, "Let's talk about your biometrics and your health profile. Do you have type one diabetes? Do you are you at risk for any of the lifestyle diseases? Because it's going to impact the way you do their training. There are certain training modalities, which is high intensity training and metabolic conditioning, which is we know from research 
can basically um, control and even eradicate these diseases because they're caused by the way a person lives their life. So the more a trainer can be holistic in their programming with a client, the more they can offer them more than fine, I'll get you a bikini body. Let's look at the rest of it too. It all kind of aligns. And I think it's really the direction our field's going. It, it's not just like I'm a fitness trainer. It's like I'm a wellness trainer. You know, I'm a fit well trainer. Think about putting it together. I'm a fit well trainer. There you go. Linda, I wish I had more time. Unfortunately, we're running out. I want to ask you this. One last question. You are the master. Um, trainers, uh, health, fitness health professionals, wellness professionals call you constantly. They know the caliber of people you work with and have worked with. They look at your extensive career, the National Fitness Hall of Fame. They want to know what does Linda Shelton have as advice for me as a young newly ACE certified trainer or whatever it may be, what's the best piece of advice you can give a young trainer? I would say the best advice is be open to change direction when something comes your way and don't say no, but examine that it meets your integrity and your goals and where you may end up is not where you thought you'd be because that's what happened to me. Tell me if real I- quickly, what was your first sp- uh, job in the fitness industry? I... I actually was a high school physical education teacher and a coach. And I thought I'd spend the rest of my life coaching and teaching. And if anyone had ever told me that I would have the career that I did and go the direction I went, I would never have believed them in my 20s. So at, at 33, by the time I was 30, I started an aerobic studio. I helped to modulate and teach and train. And then I moved into the magazine world and into adult fitness. And I just allowed myself to continue to recreate. And that would be the second thing is, you know, just because you think you've reached a certain pinnacle, that's not all there is. And I'm not done. Like, I don't no, know. No, you're not done. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> our 15 minutes to wellness is coming to its close. Um, you know, your advice is great. Be open. And, and you're such an inspiration because when pe- young t- trainers look at you and they say, okay, she started as a high school uh, teacher, a fitness, physical fitness teacher, a coach, and look at what she's accomplished, uh, then I hope that people listening to that say, you know what, that's an inspiration for me. I'm going to follow my, my passion and see where the roads go. Linda Shelton, you are um, a hero. Uh, you certainly deserve the career you've had. And um, I know that we'll continue to be working with each other at Proactive Health Solutions. Yes, uh, we will. And other places that you and I hopefully will continue to work together in. Thank you so much, so much for spending time with us today and inspiring our audience. Thanks so much. I loved it. And it's always a pleasure to, to talk to you and interact. It's the great. Thank you so much. Thanks very much, Linda. Take care. I'd like to thank all of you listeners who've joined us today. And as always, I encourage you all to subscribe to the podcast and continue your journey to health and fitness by visiting acefit.com, where you'll find everything you need to live your most fit and healthy life. You can explore literally thousands of healthy recipes, health and fitness videos and articles, workout plans, health programs, and creative ways you can get yourself and your family moving, and really expert insight on a wide range of topics. So join me next time on 15 Minutes to Wellness, which you can find at acefit.com slash fitcasts. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, thanking you for being with us on 15 Minutes to Wellness. Wellness.